Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town, and welcome to Nats Nightly, where my phone dies right before the show's about to start. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I believe I have Doghouse on the line. Doghouse? Uh, yes, I believe it's me. Uh, my wait-till-the-last-second approach finally killed me this time. My phone died as I was <laughs> dialing in. Nationals drop a 7-2 decision to the Reds tonight. The series opener in cities, uh, what is it called, Great American Ballpark? Oof. Gio Ball Gonzalez park? on the mound. Ballpark, two words. Gio, 2-1, oh, one, 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 <laughs> Gio Gonzalez was 2-1 and one with a 1-8-3 ERA and six starts for the Reds before tonight, but 16 hits, 13 runs allowed in his last two starts, over nine and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, one run less than he allowed in eight starts and 48 and a third innings pitched before those outings. He was down 4 nothing early after a six-hit, 31-pitch second inning. Uh, just wasn't wasn't locating his curve, and they were just keying in on his fastball for the most part from what I saw. A solo home run by Eugenio Suarez in the third made it 5 nothing. He ends up giving up uh, this brutal night for Gio Gonzalez on the mound there. Nine hits, five earned runs, no walks, eight Ks. In his last 12 and two-third innings pitch, he's now allowed 24 hits and 18 earned runs. Not a good look for Gio Gonzalez. Uh, of course, he settled in after those rough innings in the first couple innings there and ended up striking out eight on the night on 100 pitches, but uh, they were down 5 nothing early and lost 7-2 and another bad outing for Gio. Yeah, it was a fairly disastrous outing, uh, at least in terms of results. Uh, if you look at the process, it's not quite as bad as, as the – the, the five runs uh, that, that Gio gave up make it look. That second inning, he, he gave up a couple of uh, a couple of hard contacts. I mean, the, the double was well hit. That single up the middle was was uh, was well hit. But I mean, he was just looped and squibbed and and you know chopped. Uh, I mean, he, he got four infield singles essentially to, to load the bases and put a run in there. Um, so uh, we, we can bemoan the result, but uh, th- the process was there. Uh, th- this is one of those advantages or disadvantages of, of pitching to contact. You get the weak contact and sometimes that's not enough because the, the Babbitt gods throw their heads back and laugh because you should be striking everyone out. And uh, Gio certainly didn't have the stuff to do that tonight. And what he did have the stuff to do was create a lot of uh, a lot of 90% chances for outs uh, for outs that that came up zero when he rolled the dice. Uh, so, uh, what, what what can you do? That's that's the peril of not missing bats. Uh, on the home runs, I, I will say that uh, some of those were not over the wall by much, and it, it's not like it takes that much to hit the ball out of this ballpark. Uh, if we get to the point of discussing Jason Wirth's home run, and I'm making quotation marks with my fingers, that he <laughs> on a pitch like five or six inches outside that he barely got the end of the bat onto and blooped over the wall in the right field corner. I mean, this seriously, this this is a Little League ballpark. I, I thought CBP was ridiculous. This, this was even worse than that, of course. Having admitted that, uh, the fact that Matt's only put up two runs on the night, uh, kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yes, considering Dusty Baker was talking about keeping Bryce Harper out of the lineup last week so that he would be available in 
uh, Citizens Bank and Great American Ballpark, and considering how long he managed there, I think that says a lot about what the park really plays like. And like you mentioned, that Worth one uh, had no business going out in just about any park out there, but opposite field blast for him for uh, yeah, that was pretty not, much not flat. <laughs> no, yes, I, I should run, correct yes, myself. Last no, blast no, opposite field push. <laughs> <laughs> Flip. I don't know. Uh, I do believe that was the only one run. Uh, yep. That Brandon Finnegan allowed on the mound. He was a perfect reverse lock going into this one. Started the night winless in his last eight starts at 0-4 with the Reds 0-8 in his outings, over which he had a 4.96 ERA and a 2.77, 3.59, 4.51 line against in 45 and a third. Five scoreless on 76 pitches, working with that five nothing lead. Six scoreless on 88 before Worth hit the opposite field, and I have blast written here, so I'll just cross that out. Opposite field first home <laughs> <Thank> run, <laughs> single by Rendon. After that, ended his outing. I really haven't seen much of Brandon Finnegan since he was a reliever with the Royals coming up that first year in 2014. But uh, looking at his numbers going in here, he's kind of due for something to go go well for him tonight. He put together a decent start, but it seemed like it was more about the Nationals just not being able to figure him out. I shouldn't take credit. Well, I mean, how much? It, uh, it was all about him. Fine. He had a good outing. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that, and you know, good for him. But this is textbook the curse of Seguinho, where some guy I never heard of comes out and completely befuddles the Nats, who just go up there hacking and 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 flailing, and the, the couple of hard hit balls they do get are right at somebody or else examples of utterly ridiculous solo shots like uh, like worth blast. And I'm, again, making quotes with my finger, <laughs> or quotation marks with my fingers as I say that. Uh, I was going to make some other point here uh, that has now completely escaped me because I started drinking early uh, after I saw which way this game was going. So I'll, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been a good point. You know what, Pedro yeah, Baseball, exactly. uh, we've always been about stressing the positive since August of 2007 when we took over there. You can downplay all Jason's worth, worth blast all you want, but you can't downplay Trey Turner's 2016 debut. Three for three with a walk. He got the start at second tonight. Uh, single walk, double in his first three plate appearances there. Uh, I, from what we've heard, unfortunately, now we go right into the negative, of course. That Dusty Baker uh, said before the game today that he really is just up for the weekend, essentially. They're going to send him down. They still think he needs more time down in the minor leagues before he comes up. Uh, They must have a a lot higher opinion of Danny Espinosa, who I like and whose defense I've always enjoyed watching. Um, They must have a higher opinion of him and what he's done so far this season and how they evaluate him than, than we do. But Trey Turner apparently only up for the weekend and apparently not going to start the next two days from what Baker said. He's going to have Clint Robinson at first from what he told reporters before the game, uh, the next two games. So Trey might be coming off the bench. He might get a start in short if they give Espinosa a rest, but looks like it's going to be a quick weekend, say, for uh, Trey Turner in Cincinnati until Zimmerman gets back from the paternity list. Yeah, I guess it would be churlish of me to complain that Dusty is playing the matchups here. Uh, and uh, oddly, while we uh, we often excoriated uh, Matt Williams for his robotic in bullpen management and having a fixed plan for everything, I, I think to an extent the opposite applies 
when you go uh, out of the individual game and sort of go from that, that game-to-game schedule. And instead of trying to chase the hot hand and, and figure out who's good now and, and all that, uh, Dusty makes a plan for who gets a day off when, who's going to be playing when. He tells everyone well in advance, you're going to take this day off. Here's, here's when you're going to be in the lineup. And he pretty much sticks to it, which I, I think from the perspective of the players probably is a good way to do it. And as fans, okay, I kind of want to see Trey play every game that he's up, but Dusty has his plan, and for the most part it's working. And I made some strange circular argument the other night about uh, the Nats don't really need Trey to come up and save him, so he ought to come up now and play every day. And I, I think I may have just not actually made that case very strongly that he should be playing constantly. Well, he's apparently going to be playing constantly in the minors for now, which is kind of disappointing. But uh, like I said, I, I haven't – I'm just looking at, at Danny Espinosa's 0 for 3 with 2 Ks and 197 average as I say this, but I haven't been too upset with Espinosa so far. It's kind of what I expected with a little more uh, home run power so far this season on the plate. Defensively, has been good. His arm is fun to watch. So I'm kind of settling for that now since it doesn't look like Trey Turner is going to be up and – we also got Bryce Harper back in the lineup tonight. That was a nice, uh, not surprise, I guess. They said he was going to most likely be back, but good to see him actually get back out there. The Reds announcers were kind of focusing on how he didn't look great running uh, one for four at the plate, three left on base, 242 average on the year after tonight. But good to see Bryce Harper back in the lineup, even if he's not fully 100% right now. Was he back in the lineup? I saw a guy in the 34 jersey flailing at bad pitches and making weak contact. Was uh, was that supposed to be Bryce Harper? I believe it was. I am not going to pay $750 million for 15 years of that. I'm just saying that right now. No way, son. Oh, uh, sorry, I just remembered my point. Blas Diaz, you are a blind, incompetent bum. Get some LASIK. Ramos can hook you up. Oh, my God. I went back and looked at the pitch FX plot. He is terrible. I keep forgetting how bad Laz Diaz is at calling balls and strikes. He is terrible. He is like the one-man argument for robot umpires now. Oh, my goodness. He is bad at calling the strike zone. Yes, Bryce Harper certainly agreed. He stood at the plate with his head down for a good minute after he took a called strike there. Danny Espinosa had a few words, too. It didn't seem like they were all that thrilled with his uh, strike zone. I didn't get to look at the plots yet, but now I'll have to take a look after that rant. It's bad, uh, bad, bad, You bad. did you did, however, mention that $750 million story that uh, John Heyman put out there that resulted in tons of traffic for us today when I wrote about it. So thank you, Mr. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Heyman. I think it was actually the most traffic story of all FB Nation's baseball sites, which I, I say not to brag, but more because it's r- ridiculous. But word going around, according to Heyman, is that the conversation about an extension for Harper may begin around $500 million or perhaps even more than that. Just scrolling down to find the ridiculous part where he goes into the perhaps more than that. Maybe the Nats have heard the whispers, and this is why he 
speculates that the conversation hasn't gotten too far, according to his sources and according to what Rizzo and Boris said. But maybe the Nats have heard the whispers that the asking price may be 40 to 50 million a year, and perhaps for 15 years, which could make it an astounding 750 million dollars. Uh, I, I don't even know if I have a question here other than to just say that it's absolutely ridiculous and maybe not out of the realm of possibility. Well, the arithmetic adds up. I'm not sure anything else does. Um, <laughs> 15 times 50 is indeed 750. I checked that on my calculator before the show. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's whatever happens, it's probably not going to be that. But, uh, wow, that is... That is the clickbaitiest clickbait that uh, I, I've seen on a baseball site in quite some time. <laughs> the clickbait worked. Uh, I like think it was a good hey, I read it. When people did click on <laughs> the, other, the other big rumors of the day, because uh, I don't really want to talk about this game at all, uh, Ken Rosenthal wrote <laughs> earlier this week. Thank you. We, we, <laughs> the Nationals were probably still in the market for a left-handed bat, but he also mentioned the fact that they're looking for bullpen pieces. Uh, Bill Ladson and MLB.com wrote about that part of it today, too, that the Nats are indeed in the market for relievers, so there's not really much of a market developing yet. He said they mentioned the Yankees' left-handed combination of Andrew Miller and uh, What's that hard throwing left handers name? Or all just Chapman. Uh, I haven't written six hundred articles about wanting him. But <laughs> Ladson essentially uh, argued that the Nationals, from what his sources are telling him, think they can do better than Jonathan Tapelbon in the ninth, which I assume you agree with. <laughs> we'll see if it's one of those Yankee guys that they get. Yeah, the end put Sean Kelly there. <laughs> if the Yankees they actually do deal with one of them. Trading but... for anyone. <laughs> Do you, do you think they have the arms in there to fill in that spot if they were to go away from him, or do you think we'll see the Nationals try to add to the bullpen uh, the August 1st deadline instead of July 31st this year? Uh, I, I think they have the arms natively. They just need to rearrange how they are. That may be clubhouse politically difficult to do, um, and if you added someone like like uh, like like Miller, okay, that's going to be a, a, a measurable improvement, and maybe that's a way to move Papelbon out of the out of the closer spot and and make it palatable. But uh, honestly, the the Nets don't have to make this move. I think to upgrade their bullpen, they just change the way they manage it, such that Papelbon's not pitching in high high leverage spots. But okay, they they want to add. They had uh, a, a big, flashy arm. I, I don't hate the idea, uh, but I I don't see it as, as necessary. Let's see what Mike Rizzo thinks. Apparently they thought it was necessary last year to get a closer to work in the back of their pen, and we all see how that's worked out so far. Uh, no. $750. Seven hundred and fifty million. I'll just keep laughing about that if I get out of here. At least the show was fun <laughs> since the game was a stinker. Seven to two Reds, thirty-three and twenty-two on the uh, year for the Nationals. Two more in Great American Ballpark to come. We'll see if they can uh, take the series. The Reds are on a little bit of a roll, even though they're not a very good team. Hopefully the Nationals can take the next two, take the series in Great American Ballpark. Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com, $750 million. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. 
Go, Dad. Let's just say it again. There you go. Now we can end it.